An optimist is a fellow who believes a housefly is looking for a way to get out. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Uncle Marv podcast. I am your host, Uncle Marv. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for spending your time either listening or watching the show this evening. I have a fantastic guest with me tonight. Deborah Bomar Jaffe is in the house. <laughs> Hi. How are you, Bomar? Good, good. <laughs> All right. So we are here every Monday night, and it is a time basically for me to reach out to friends, new and old, reminisce, share stories, and life lessons. And it'll be interesting to see what we have to share tonight. So, Bomar, thank you for uh, hopping on the show. Yeah, no, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I was so honored when you asked. Yeah, well, I, you know, I asked until somebody says yes, and you said yes, so... <laughs> Great. <laughs> uh, so let's do this. Let me, uh, since I did a solo show last week, I don't have to say thank you to any guests. And we have a couple of things. I do want to acknowledge that I haven't been doing this on a regular basis, but I just remembered that I had to say happy birthday to some people. And I'm not going to say last names, but Gina and Amber, their birthdays were today. Happy birthday. And then some past birthdays, Katie, Mitchell, Chris, and Tara, sister of happy. So I'll always try to do that and reach out and say happy birthday to people, give people some shout outs. And I want to give another special shout out to Todd, the overcomer shoemaker. Uh, those of you that are privy to some of his personal stuff, he had a little bit of a rough bout, but he, as always as per usual, has pulled through, and uh, I am expecting great things out of Todd. Actually, he's in the chat saying, good evening, good evening, Mr. Shoemaker. Thank you for joining. Let's see here. Normally, I do a thing about Florida Man, but because Bomar is in the state of Florida with me, we don't actually have to share and compare stories. We are living life warm down here in South Florida because... Bomar, you're, you're less than an hour from me. I know, I know, and I love it. <laughs> uh, whopping 82 degrees, and um, I definitely feel for our friends that are in every other state except for maybe Hawaii. Yeah, it has been rough. I've got uh, some people over in Dallas uh, or outside of Houston, and so they are they're struggling. Uh, have a couple of them without power for going on four days, so... Yeah. Shout outs and prayers and wishes to them to to get better. So, so Bomar, we haven't physically seen each other for six, seven years. Has it been that long? Was was it the last 2014 or somewhere around there? 
Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. So, yeah. Are we stayed in touch, <laughs> yeah, though. I've changed. Hopefully I haven't changed. So. Oh, I've changed. I've changed. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, the last time. So, back then, you were still the alumni director over at uh, our stomping grounds, PBA. Okay. All right. Yeah. Oh, I love those days. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. The days that we had the reunion or the days when we were actually there in school? All of the above. Oh, okay. All of the above. Oh. I, um, you know, I, I look at my days at PBA and it's kind of funny because I'm going through the whole process. I have a daughter that's a junior in high school now and we're looking at colleges and, oh. you know, I... I'm kind of reminiscing in my own mind saying, okay, this is going to be the best time of your life and you're going to meet the most incredible friends that, you know, you can look back on for 30 years and um, at some point and then being able to work at the university um, was just really for me an honor because I feel like uh, the school gave me so much. So it was my opportunity to share that experience with uh, students and be a mentor uh, to students while I was there. Mm. So let me ask this question first, and then we'll come back to your experience. Okay. So she's a junior. Is she already looking at colleges and, and does she have a list narrowed down or how's that going? Yes, yeah, so she does. Um, for a long time, she said she wanted to go to Palm Beach Atlantic, but since we live about um, 10 miles from the school, I think that has kind of changed a little bit. <laughs> Too and, close to home? Um, yeah, so her number one choice is FSU. Oh, so, okay. So we'll see. <laughs> that was actually my first choice, and... Something happened my senior year where I decided to change my mind and ended up at PBA as my second choice. <laughs> it's kind of funny because uh, University of Florida was my first choice. And my father said, no, your first choice will be Palm Beach Atlantic. And I'm like, Palm Beach what? <laughs> <laughs> so I really wasn't given a choice. Wow. And uh, <laughs> it was the best decision I had nothing to do with. <laughs> Interesting. Now, I know that you're not from Florida. So were you in Florida when that decision was made or were you still out of state? Yeah, no, I was, I grew up, uh, I was born and grew up partially in Richmond, Virginia, but I, um, from middle school on, I lived in Orlando. Okay. So, um, it was at that point that, um, we used to come down to West Palm Beach to visit family, friends and things like that. So I was a little bit familiar, but, uh, yeah, so it wasn't bad. It was a three hour drive. Yeah. So that was back when you could drive through the middle of downtown West Palm Beach and not realize that there was a college there. <laughs> yeah, or a lot of other things going on. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Now, so we graduated together. Did you start, did we start at the same time and do all four years? What was it, 85 so. to 89? I went, I went from 85 to 89. Okay. And then after uh, after I graduated in 89, they had just opened up the, or were opening up the MBA program. Mm -hmm. And um, I had gotten a degree in um, marketing and management, and it was really 
too generic. I didn't really have a direction to turn in. So I actually, um, uh, I applied for the MBA program and I, um, yeah, I was, uh, the first female to graduate with my undergraduate and my master's degree from Palm Beach Atlantic. Oh my. I don't know if you knew that. I did not. <laughs> yeah. No, when I graduated, I, well, I went and spent three years of darkness in Carolina and then I came back to Florida. So I kind of lost touch there for a little bit, but no, I did not know yeah. that. Interesting. Yeah. So did you yeah. have to carry some sort of distinction with that to, other females now look up to you and say that you paved no. the way. <laughs> no, uh, no, but uh, for me, it's something I'm very proud of. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I will tell you, I mean, you know, I had Dr. Issa all over again oh, and uh, some fun. of our ever beloved professors and, um, so, uh, but they weren't going to let you slide in the MBA program. It was tough. <laughs> yeah. What's going on behind you there? What are they doing? Oh, I, I think my son was walking by. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. As long as he's not doing bunny rabbit ears behind you there. Oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> ah, so let's do this. Let's talk about, instead of going back down memory lane, let's go ahead and talk about what you're doing now. You are the executive director at Bella's Angels. Yeah. And I didn't realize that you, you've been with them for a while. Yeah, I have. I have. Um, I, um, I will back up a little bit. When I graduated with my master's degree, I went uh, to work in the investment uh, banking industry and was um, in that industry for a number of years. I actually was... Um, Flew up to New York for 9-11. I happened, I flew in the day before and I got stuck in, in New York City during 9-11. Oh. So that was pretty interesting. Um, but it was through those days that as part of your networking and and really being a part of the community to meet some of these high net worth people that I really did a lot of volunteer work and it was part of my job. And I really found out that I had a desire um, to give back to the community. And um, so that led me back into the nonprofit world. Um, I come from a line of, um, people that were really, really great salesmen. And I never saw myself as that way, but I feel like um, uh, the nonprofit industry is a way uh, of being a salesperson, but in a, um, in a more casual way, I guess, a more of a softer touch than, you know, having to sell a car or whatever, whatever it is. Um, so I, um, went to work for PBA and then I worked for a company called our nonprofit called Loggerhead Marine Life Center. And we rescued, uh, sea turtles and that was super, super cool. And, um, I love that job. Um, but it was a lot of hours. I had three young kids and then, um, it led me to Bella's Angels, which I've been there seven and a half years. It started out as a part-time position 
and um, really just um, an incredible, incredible organization. When I came on board, it was a $35,000 organization, and this past year was about Mm. $385,000. So it was pretty much our strongest year. And um, just two weeks ago, ago, the board um, voted to make me full-time. So uh, that's really cool. All right. Congratulations. Now, for those who don't know what it is, so I know that it's got a couple of different, you know, subtitles where it's empowering uh, families with providing resources to uh, children with lifelong disabilities. Yeah. Um, Is that one of several... um, uh, That's emphasis, basically or is our that... main our main mission. Our, okay. our mission is to uh, provide financial assistance to local children um, who have lifelong physical disabilities beyond what their insurance covers. So we're really a cool organization in the respect that it's really grassroots. Um, it was started by a family to help um, Bella with a specific need, um, and that was to provide um, financial resources. They they fell in that middle class sector, so they made too much money to qualify for government assistance, yet they didn't have all the means to take care of diagnosing Bella and then ultimately treating her. And so what we do is we look for families um, that um, have children with lifelong physical disabilities. So it's not like we just serve cerebral palsy or or um, charge syndrome or whatever it is. Um, the beauty about Bella's Angels is almost every single one of these children have something different. And in a lot of aspects, they're one in 400 in the world that have what they have or the only person that has um, what they have. It, a lot of it has to do with uh, genetics and uh, either too many chromosomes or not enough or missing chromosomes. So um, we really give them a certain amount of money every year and um, we cover anything from therapy to equipment to supplies. I mean, some of these kids are 12 and 13 years old they're in diapers they'll be in diapers all their life and um, it's that sort of expense that is really outrageous that their insurance company wouldn't pay for a lot of times too um, we're located out of Palm Beach County their medical team may be in Miami or Chicago or Boston Orlando Tampa and the insurance company may pay for the procedures or whatever but when they go to Boston they're in Boston for a week or two so who's going to pay for the hotel stays who's going to pay for the airline tickets who's going to pay for food stipe you know help them with food costs and things like that uh, car rental so uh, we try to cover all of those different um, expenses that their insurance company doesn't cover cover. We also help with things like intensive therapy. So we have one family, the child has cerebral palsy and once a month, I mean, I'm sorry, for an entire month in the summertime when he's not school, he goes to this intensive therapy camp in Orlando and we pay for that expense. 
they would have never been able to do this. And they really say this is why their son is just so successful and um, and doing what he's doing, being able to sit up, being able to uh, walk or uh, pull himself up or things like that. And so we're really able to help with these things, even like therapy appointments. Think about it. I mean, insurance may cover 20 therapy appointments. Well, they'll go to 20 therapy appointments in one month. And so, um, I mean, it's really looking at these children and helping them become the best version of themselves, whatever that looks like. Right. So a lot of times it sounds like if they can't get the diagnosis in the beginning or, you know, something covered to even find out what the issue is, then they're going to be struggling the rest of their life to get that taken care of. But then you're saying that insurance may cover some stuff, but they're limited. Yeah. So do you have a situation set up where people will, you know, dedicate an annual gift to a specific child, to a specific cause, or is this something you've just got to go out and keep finding money for all the time? So it really is a mixture um, of the way that we we do this. Like, um, like for example, I have a, a specific donor who uh, doesn't have kids. She loves supporting um, animal type um, organizations, and um, so I got creative. We had two families that needed therapy dogs. One of the little boys um, had di- um, he already had all kinds of physical disabilities, and then he was diagnosed with uh, diabetes. And so what they did is the parents uh, found this person trainer that would train them to be able to have the dog come to the parent and tell them when the child's um, blood sugar was either too high or too low. And just to be actually even be able to fathom that a dog is trained to be able to, to sniff that out. Um, so like this, that particular donor, I went to her and I said, look, we need a dog and this is what it's for. And she helped us with it. Um, we do four key fundraising events a year. We do a lot of um, small ancillary shop and shares and, and um, people do fundraisers for us. Um, there are times when uh, we give a certain amount of money and if people need, um, money above and beyond that will help them with fundraisers, but they also can go to people and people will donate specifically to their child. And I'll give you the prime example for that. A lot of times our families, the kids are in wheelchairs and they need um, a vehicle that's wheelchair accessible. Well, the 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 vehicle itself is thirty or forty thousand dollars, and that's being um, conservative. Well, then the wheelchair lift can be anywhere from twenty to forty thousand dollars. So people will do fundraising that restricts it, so that they're able to get what they need. Um, and um, I do a lot of grant writing as well, and um, it, it's just. Um, 
you know, it's a whole gamut of just different things that we do in order to um, to raise the money. We don't um, qualify for any kind of a government um, grants. So it's going to a lot of um, family foundations or other um, uh, organizations that give to nonprofits locally. And um, I think, as you know, and I know, a lot of that's changed in the last year, almost to the date, because of COVID. And um, so we've had to readjust how we're raising money. Um, The cool thing is, is that two years ago, the board of directors said they wanted to set aside two hundred and fifty thousand dollars so that we would always be raising money a year in advance so god forbid if there is a covid or something like that that you know we're raising not for this year but for next year to a certain extent and um, we knew that it would take us a number of years to get to that two hundred and fifty thousand and um Uh, because we've had success from donors and they're invested in what what we're doing and invested in these families. We're about $10,000 shy and about a year and a half ahead of what we were targeting to have as a reserve um, specifically for the families. Okay. So I've put up on the screen, and of course I will have this in the show notes for those of you that go there afterwards, uh, bellasangels.org is the main website and I will also have a link to the Facebook group both are pages where you can go to and it's very easy there's a nice little donate now button at the top there that you can do and you can see all of the information there now what is the uh, things that you have up here Amazon Smile uh, 100 Hole Hike Yes. So, um, so being a grassroots organization, one of the things I love uh, about our organization, a lot of the events that we do are totally out of the box. If we do a golf tournament, it's just not your normal golf tournament. Like for example, in September, and unfortunately we did have to cancel. That was the one event we had to cancel last year, but we are moving forward with it this year. And that is, um, a nine and dine. So you play nine holes of golf. You have um, dinner. It's something really great to do. It's more of a social type of event. We had a live auction with it. We had a silent auction with it. Um, we also do something called the hundred hole marathon. Um, we called it was called at one point the hundred hole hike, and it was where uh, a very few golfers would literally walk 100 holes of golf in one day. They'd have a partner, they'd hit alternate shots, and um, it was equivalent to walking 30 miles in one day. In one day. Mm. I mean, mm. these guys raised a lot of money and for Bella's Angels, and, but they it came also um, – with a pain, they would lose toenails. <laughs> yeah, I mean, most we have we have um, masseuses out on the course massaging them and loosening them up during the day. I mean, it, it is brutal. Yeah, most of so us. What we've done is given them the ability to ride a golf cart. <laughs> I was going to say, most of us weekend golfers are. Uh, yeah, we got to have the so, cart. So it was, um, at the time, our board chairman, Ed Tanser, um, 
had uh, really uh, started that fundraiser for us. And um, he was absolutely incredible man and uh, would raise $100,000 for us. And what we found is that a lot of these golfers did it once to say that they did it. Um, and um, sadly, um, uh, Ed, who was just um, such a great advocate for Bella's Angels and the families we serve, passed away very unexpectedly of COVID in November. And um, so we are planning uh, in May, uh, May 10th, uh, to host our 100-hole marathon in his honor. So um, we're just finalizing the venue. Um, again, with COVID, we've had some struggles with that because not at least in Palm Beach County, uh, golf courses really aren't opening up to the public. But um, so we're just trying to finalize that information. And probably I would say in another week or two at the most, it should be up on our website and on our Facebook page. All right. So um, May 10th. Amazon Smile is really super cool um, because we all shop on Amazon right? We try. <laughs> so all you have to do is put in smile.amazon and then you can click the charity of your choice and we would hope that you would choose Bella's Angels and every time you buy something on the Amazon Smile site um, it will donate a certain percentage back to Bella's Angels and so you know for being a small organization we actually receive a pretty um, good, good um, stream of income from that and you know what you don't even you don't have to go and make a donation to do that you're buying stuff that you already need or whatever so um so that's something that i really enjoy um sharing with people because you just do what you keep doing you just go to amazon smile instead of the regular amazon everything looks the same and um as you make your purchases bella's angels benefits Yep, I will have the link to that. It's uh, basically, if you do regular shopping on Amazon, just save this link as your starter page and no fees, no extra cost. Uh, Amazon is doing the donation yeah. for you. So you're right. just going about your regular day and shopping and ordering. You don't have to order anything special. Uh, looks like a percentage of uh, all eligible purchases are, are donated right. to on your behalf. Yeah. So, All right. and it's, I mean, and it's really cool because, I mean, in addition to like the therapy um, and some of the things I've already t um, talked about, I mean, we even provide a respite care program for these families. So it's not a lot of money, but it's about $500 a year where they can go and hire their own respite care worker. And we say to these families, we say, you can use this money to hire your own worker and you can go to sleep. You can go on a date night. You can um, attend to your own medical needs. You can spend time with your other children, but it gives them the ability to wind down and really focus on themselves, even if it's for a short period of time. And um, that's so critical because we know that um, caretakers are um, 
max, uh, stress to the, their limit. And so this gives them the ability to be able to focus on themselves even for such a short period of time. All right. Very nice. So I will, like I said, folks have the link to Bella's Angels website, Facebook page, and Amazon Smile. So we'll do that. You can contact uh, Deborah and be involved. So listen, you're going to need to put me on that list for May 10th. Yeah. Uh, um, I got a plan now because it's a Monday, so I don't don't know if I can take off, but we'll we'll try. Is it it in, in the morning and go all day? Yeah, it does. We usually start, um, uh, we start about 7 a.m., 8 a.m., and um, we have found with the golf carts, we are done by 1 or 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Okay. All right. I will see if I can swing that with the uh, with the boss. Do that. All right. So, Bomar, what else has been going on in life? How is, how is let me ask this. So, you've stayed close to college pretty much yeah. in palm beach now i know you're out west and i probably drive by you a couple of times because i've got a couple of clients all the way out there in royal palm okay. so uh what else has been going on to be stayed in touch with anybody from uh from pba yeah i i, I stay in touch with a lot of people <laughs> i really really do um you were talking about having uh, a friend in and the houston area actually my roommate from college um, Stephanie lives out in Dallas with her family and um, she was posting that they they felt so lucky because they were able to get a hotel room and um, so they had electricity and um, they were offering their shower to people that needed to come and take a shower and things like that um, you know so they're not used to that I mean you and I have experienced hurricanes and uh, we're per- prepared for things like that and know what to do. So it's a different um, world. But I I really stay in touch with a lot of people. Um, Kathy Charlton's another one that um, I see or try to see um, pretty so often. And, um, you know, Janie Fode is another one um, that – you know, we've had the great opportunity uh, for the last seven and a half, actually even longer than that, years of working together um, through professions. And, um, you know, I just, um, and it's kind of funny because I, I was just having this conversation with somebody. I, a lot of my babysitters um, came from PBA. Really? And that's how I recruited them. And um, so I have a daughter, 17. Um, She's a junior in high school. And then I have twins that are 15 and a half, almost 16, and they're in ninth grade. So every single one of my babysitters, except for one, came from PBA. And they're all married, and they're all starting to have their own children. (laughs) Let me ask this because you were you were an RA, is that correct? I was. Is that how you recruited them? You kind of uh, put the fear into them that you're going to help me out at some point in the future. No, because um, because I didn't have children until I was later in life. You know, a lot of our friends are already having grand- grandchildren. Shh, um, don't tell people how old we are. <laughs> 
Well, they just had babies when they were really young. Yeah. That's okay. Kind of what I think of it, but um, so you know, um, you know, I, I would just meet them through, you know, when I worked at PDA or just through different people. But I always had such uh, success um, hiring um, specifically girls from Palm Beach Atlantic because I knew the quality of the person that I was getting and. Um, you know, so I really, um, really did that. So it's kind of fun now to see them, um, you know, all getting married and having their own little ones. And, um, yeah, it's been really a fun journey, you know. Yep. And I also think, too, I do a lot of volunteer work, a lot, um, besides uh, working for um, Bella's Angels. And I do a lot with my children uh, here locally. Um, I do a lot of volunteer work with the Honda Classic. And that's a, a PGA golf tournament that's taking place uh, mid-March. And... Um, you know, another organization that gives back to children's charities. And, um, you know, I really believe that I have that ability or desire to give back because of my experience at PBA. Um, you know, people say I just can't say no, but um, I just feel so lucky to have been brought up in this community um, from my college days, and I've seen the community grow. I mean, you and I remember when I-95 stopped at PJ Boulevard. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, and guess how I found that out? So I found out that uh, 95 stopped on my trip down for orientation. My mom was driving me. Uh -huh. we got to we got to Fort Pierce and had to get off. Yeah. And she was like, what do we do now? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> and we went we went over to US one and yes. drove US one the rest of the way. Okay. <laughs> and and it was only two lanes in some places and three once you got into the heart of uh Palm Beach. And that yeah. was that was huge, you know. I know, I know. So um, there was yeah. you know growing up in West Palm, which I mean I didn't grow up in West Palm, but you know, the, the four I years I was there. I mean, it really, if you look at it now, yeah. I mean, it is a drastic change from when we were there. I mean, Twin Lakes oh, High School is. is gone. And, you know, the place, the place where I lived outside when I left the dorms is gone. I mean, <laughs> it, it's like a hundred square blocks just disappeared. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just really is incredible. And, um, you know, I'll tell you, I mean, just and this is where I really do feel blessed. My first job out of college um, when I, I was starting, I was working on my master's degree. I went to work for a bank and I remember going into this uh, private bank and uh, off of in Palm Beach. And the guy said, you know, the person that was interviewing me said, you uh, graduated from Palm Beach Atlantic. And I said, yeah, he's like, all right, you're hired. I was like, what? <laughs> I mean, and that's just the reputation that, um, that yeah, even it had back in the old days, um, but um, it, it has even more of that reputation uh, now. 
and the caliber of people that are going to school there that are graduating there from there is just absolutely incredible. Um, I haven't met the new president, but I'm just absolutely thrilled um, that they hired a woman. And I'm not saying that to be egotistical or anything like that, but I feel like it was time. And um, she seems to be doing a fantastic job. Well, I can tell you this, that is something that is going to be fantastic. I mean, Palm Beach Atlantic was great when we were there. Yeah. But they have literally gone leaps and bounds above what the original vision was. You know, our good good friend Claude Ray, um, you know, was one of the reasons I stayed there because I almost left. Oh, you did? Yeah, I almost left. Because of the dorm situation? (laughs) Dorm situation. (laughs) Well, it was, yeah, that and the several things there. But that was a big part of it. Because at the time, I'm thinking, okay, this isn't a school. This, I mean, how in the world can you live, you know, a mile from the school and have to go through a war zone every day to get to class? Yeah. Um, That sort of thing. But the community at PBA was just there was something about it that once you got there yeah. and it didn't, I mean, you know, there were the little clicks and stuff, but you know, if you were involved in any part of campus life and any part of the sports programs, the theater mm-hmm. programs, the fake talent shows that we used to put on. <laughs> <laughs> I still have a bunch of pictures from that. <laughs> yeah. You should burn those. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but what you said about the reputation of the school, I mean, the, the ambassador program opened a lot of doors for me yeah. Yeah. You know, and got me a job, you know, on the weekends with somebody from Palm Beach, the town of Palm Beach, who specifically came to the school to look for somebody to help him do his books. Yeah. And, you know, I wasn't a math. Well, maybe rephrase that. I took a lot of math courses for no good reason. and uh, calculus three there was no reason for me to be in that class but i took it but you know just the fact that somebody just on reputation alone of the school not me not anything that i did but well if the school recommends you you must be good come on over yeah that was it it's true it's true and that is the way it is today i will tell you the differences one of my best friends um her son is a sophomore at pba now and um there definitely is a lot of things that um have changed where when we went to school there there were maybe 500 students period and everybody knew everybody whether you're a ministry major or a business major or music major whatever it was everybody sports everybody knew each other um i was actually a little bit taken back because now they say everybody stays like you only know the business majors if that's what your major is or education or you know if you're in sports so it definitely has grown enough where um i would say it's probably a a lot more cliquish than it was when we were there 
Um, in addition to that, and you'll laugh about this, uh, her son just moved into the brand new dorms and they have their own kitchen um, with like a full size refrigerator stove. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, it's just really unbelievable what they do have now. So just and, to give um, people. Say we paid the pro- we paid the price for that. Oh, we did. Oh, we did. For so for people who don't know anything about Palm Beach Atlantic back then, so first of all, our dorm was actually full of residents before we got there that did not want to leave. Rats <laughs> the size of people. But so our kitchen was a hot pot and a small micro fridge, if you were lucky. <laughs> um and we what two to four to a to a room, yeah. And uh, and we lived off campus. I think there was uh, only two buildings that were actually on campus until they got what was it the gardens, mm-hmm. uh, dorms that were a couple of blocks down, yeah. And Hogue Hall or Vogue, Rogue. depending upon well, who lived there. Rogue, I can tell you this, I. Yeah, the fact that I got in trouble for hosting a little block party there was rogue enough. <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> you were you were too good. You probably didn't want to hang with us us hellions then. <laughs> oh, no. I wasn't an RA at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Old Hall. We uh we were we were blasting music. Oh. And dancing. Okay. <laughs> well, I did hear, and this is what my girlfriend told me that I was surprised about, is you absolutely have to live on campus until you're 21 years old or um, you live with your parents. What? So if you're 20 or 19, you can't just go and get an off-campus apartment. Okay, so we wouldn't have had half our students if that were the case so when you, you said know. 500 so 500 students are what was on campus we actually had about 1200 when we oh, went yeah, that's right but a lot of them were locals they either lived off campus or you know lived in their own housing rented apartments and stuff it, and trust me if you wanted to survive you rented your own place because yeah, yeah. kathy dorm <laughs> kathy dorm was like camping in the uh, sahara desert it was <laughs> It's like a high-end retirement community now. <laughs> I said, yeah, it looks, and I think they have central air. They do, <laughs> and I don't think they hear gunshots at night. <laughs> no, not anymore. Not since. Uh, oh, that so that place. What was the place that they built? Um, shoot, so they got the Kravitz Center. Oh, city, city place. City place, but it's not city place anymore, right? No, it is still City Place. Okay, it's still City Place. But didn't they, like, rebuild it or something, and now it's half townhomes and houses and... Well, that's what they did when they built City Place. A lot of the um, top apartments are, um, like, working lofts, and then below are restaurants and... um, 
uh, restaurants and stores and things like that. Okay. It really has struggled. They've got a, a movie theater there. Um, remember the old Methodist church that has been there like beyond, mm-hmm. um, they open that up and host, um, I think some proms have been held there, other event fundraisers for nonprofits or whatever. Uh, I think a church actually um, has a service there on Sunday because a lot of the PBA students go there. Okay. All so, right. But it looks really nice. And Clematis Street has um, really been rebuilt in downtown. I mean, it's just completely different. Yeah, Clematis, um, Clematis by night, they used to call it. Yeah, it's still there, believe it or not. All right. <laughs> Every Thursday night. Okay. And look at here. Chris Gustafson put in the chat <laughs> a little bit ago. Once a sailfish, always a sailfish. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Chris, if that was in reference to me almost leaving, <laughs> we'll have to chat about that at some point. All right. Well, Beaumont, yeah. anything else you want to chat about? Any questions you have? Any memories you want to talk about? No, I, I, I just, um, I don't know. I'm so, as you can see, I light up when I talk about my days at PBA, and, um, and you know, it's just. I encourage any students that are looking for colleges now just to really make sure it's the right fit for you. It can be the best days of your life, and but also set you up for the rest of your life and help define you. And um, I feel like that's what my experience at PBA was. Yeah, certainly was a eye-opener for me. And, and the reason that I went to PBA over Florida State outside of the fact that I didn't qualify for the sports scholarship that I was hoping for was that PBA was a place where I could feel like a person and not, Mm -hmm. not a number. Yeah. And uh, it was a very good experience. And I would uh, tell anybody, if you get the chance to go, go. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it defines you. I mean, if you think about it being such a small organization, a small college compared to so many others, and the fact that they required to um, have students do workshop hours before it was cool to have um, uh, now all of these colleges, I think, require it or a lot of them do. And, um, you know, we were doing that even before. And, um, you know, I, I remember my workshop uh, that I did and I, you know, I believe that that really contributed to who I am. For some reason, I don't remember doing a lot of workshops. So either I worked or I was too busy or I forget what it was. I mean, I did yeah. some, but I, yeah. there were so many things I did. I I did some individual projects, but I remember the first one is um, I volunteered at Good Samaritan Hospital. So, Mm. yeah, which was pretty cool. Interesting. Nice. Yeah. I think I taught Sunday school and did a youth choir thing. Okay. Yeah. Youth director without any pay. (laughs) 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 <laughs> Which was fun. That's what it 
it was like back then. Yeah, <laughs> it was. All right. So I know that you mentioned Kathy and Janie, so I've uh, seen them uh, on, on the Facebook lately. I Actually, Janie I want to get in touch with because I'm trying to get yeah. in touch with some student government people. Oh, and, yeah, she'd be the perfect one. Um, and I want to do a thing with SGA presidents. So we'll see if, okay. uh, if Janie yeah. pays attention. Janie, uh, let me know how to reach out to you. Actually, can you hook me up with Janie? I can. All right. I got that contact. You got that contact. I got that contact. Help me out. <laughs> uh, but her, Rick Lassiter, is uh, somebody I was looking for. Yeah, I might have his contact. I can look. Um, I know at one point I did. Um, uh, so, yeah, definitely. All right. Okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you have been hearing the lovely stories of Deborah Bomar Jaffe, Executive <laughs> Director of Bella's Angels and previous alumni director at the aforementioned Palm Beach Atlantic. Now, was it college or university when you started as the alumni director? Uh, it was university. Okay. Yeah. University. It had already changed. Yeah. Had got all Hollywood on us back then. I know, <laughs> it did. Now they have billboards and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> uh, joy, joy, joy. All right, so you're going to stay with us after the show, right? We'll uh, chat yeah, with anybody absolutely. that stays afterwards. But, folks, thank you very much for listening. Again, uh, we do this every Monday night. I find somebody to chat with and reminisce and share stories. And hopefully we'll get a lot of other people out there, Palm Beach Atlantic College, Satellite High School, Junior Achievement, Najak, anywhere that I ran across people who are interesting and I like. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Marvin. <laughs> All right, folks. Uh, join us again next week. UncleMarv.com slash live. And uh, we'll sit and we'll chat and reminisce and share stories. That's going to do it. Until next time, holla. Holla.